0: The Bible assures us in Ephesians 2, verses 8 to 10, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Welcome to Faith to Faith. Here are your hosts, Etienne McClintock and Braden Entman.
1: Dear listener, greetings and a warm welcome Thank you for tuning into the program again today We're delighted to have your company Braden and myself are going to talk to you a little bit further about the topic we just touched on at our last program Which was the realm of man and the realm of God What we can do for ourselves and what we can't do for ourselves What we need God to do for us, which we're incapable of doing ourselves And then the aspects that we are by what God has given us naturally able to do for ourselves. But just before we do that, we invite you just to be our heads for a word of prayer to ask God to bless our study again today. Gracious Father in Heaven, it is our privilege to spend time in your presence, to spend time in your word, and to have the Holy Spirit guide and lead us into all truth as you have promised. Father, we just commit our lives into your care this time and we just ask for your blessing upon our study. May, as we spend time together, Father, we be blessed, drawn closer to you, and see more of this wonderful plan of salvation, how you've come to redeem fallen human beings such as ourselves. And these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we are discussing what we can do for ourselves. We're not talking about righteousness by works now, because when it comes to righteousness, that is a realm that we are incapable of Producing the righteous requirements That the law needs from us We need something external But God has given us natural abilities Natural endowments Where we can make decisions and choices And do things for ourselves Which we don't need any help from Because God's already given us the energy And the ability to do that
2: That's right And and a lot of depression and discouragement Comes when we get those wires crossed Mm. We try to do what God said that he would do um, And we Neglect to do what he has already given us the strength to do. Sure. And, um, you know, when I've, I've presented on this topic before, I ask people, you know, is there, are there things that you can do? Yes. Um, you know, there are. You know, you, we can brush our teeth, <laughs> uh, we can floss our teeth, we can drink water, we can refuse to drink water. Mm. God has endowed us naturally. And we have to, of course, remember that even this endowment, we're completely dependent on him for. You know, we sure. wouldn't even have physical life without God. Mm. But the choice of what to wear, mm. the choice of what to eat, and the choice of where to drive, how fast to drive, those are things that we get to make a decision on. Yeah. God never designed us in such a way that he would micromanage and just control us like robots. Mm. He's given us this thing called free will. And... But it's also very important to notice As you pointed out That righteousness Being like God mm. You know Paul says in Romans chapter 8 That our natural carnal hearts Are in hostility To God's law That's right Romans 8 7 yeah. And we cannot be subject to it mm. Or nor indeed can be So you know there are, There are certain things That we can't do Yes. We leave that for God. Mm. But it's important for us to recognize what God has asked us to do and not make excuses and be lazy.
1: Sure, because there are sometimes people out there who have criticized Christians and they look for opportunities to do that and say that Christians are weak-willed people. Now, it's sometimes I think that... That statement is justified If we want to rely on God To do the things He's already given us The ability to do You spoke about Brushing your teeth For example There's no use praying Lord please stop my teeth From having cavities When you never brush your (laughs) teeth You know Your teeth start decaying And rotting Because you have poor Oral hygiene it's true. And God has given you the ability to choose. He's given you the ability to go and buy your toothbrush and your toothpaste and do whatever you require and floss. Keep your teeth nice and clean. So you've, in that realm, you can do all those things for yourself. But if you don't do anything and then you just say, Lord, please stop my teeth from rotting, well, you're actually counterproductive, aren't you? That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So do we have examples in the Bible of people? Where God has given them instructions Say, listen, you go and do this And it was in their realm to do those things However, there were elements that was in God's realm He said, look, you take care of that I will take care of this
2: We do, right back to the very beginning In fact, right throughout Scripture we see this theme mm. um, I think of Noah as a really prime example Okay, um, God says, because of the depravity and the abuse and the pain on this planet, that he's going to have to wash it away and start again. Yes. And he's going to make a special covenant with Noah um, to fulfill his covenant covenant blessing to the world. And he says to Noah, build an ark.
0: Mm. Now,
2: this boat was massive, and it was in building for about 120 years. This is a big project, um, a massive undertaking to make a boat that could house... All of those animals, and, and it's a really big boat. Yes. It's made out of wood, mm. um, a really high-quality wood. And, and gopher
1: wood, I think it's called. Gopher wood. <laughs> in James, yeah.
2: And so God asks him to make that, but he doesn't ask Noah to cause a flood. And God doesn't ask him to cause a flood because he can't. <laughs>
1: this, this did right, yeah.
2: So God says, I'm, I'm bringing a flood. Mm. You build an ark.
1: Yeah, and this boat is going to be very uh, structurally sound. I mean, so sound that I will actually give you the plans for it. I'll give you the measurements for it so you can go and cut down the tree. You can go measure it out. You can chisel it. You can shape it. You can plane it and do all those things. Put it together. Those are the things that, that Noah could do, but all the other things in regards to the plan so the boat would be nice and sturdy for the, uh, the storm it had to um, survive. That came from God
2: That's exactly right And once we realize this We realize like Wow You know God could You know The Bible says In Genesis chapters Chapter 1 That God spoke You know And there was light mm. He he spoke And the dry land And the sea And the atmosphere Appeared So God Can make an ark That's yes. very much In his realm of ability God mm. could speak And trees would transform Into a boat but he asks Noah to do that hmm. He entrusts Noah with that responsibility And the way, in which, the way that Noah responds to that command Tells a lot about how he trusts God yes. For example, God says I'm bringing a flood on this planet I want you to build an ark yes. And Noah does nothing What does that suggest about he, how he relates to God? What does he think about God, what God has said? You know, Mm. it reveals that he actually doesn't believe that God will do it. And so his trust in God is revealed through the fact that he starts chopping down trees and making something that is completely useless. Mm. You know, if God doesn't bring a flood, it's just a big motel for animals, really. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, if God doesn't come through. But he goes, no, I believe that God is going to bring this flood. And that was evidenced through the fact that he started chopping down trees and building this thing and preaching for 120 mm. years. um, And it's amazing. That, that that boat, you know, that was a big storm going on. That was a big flood, and God held it together. God gave him the designs, and he simply did what he could do. You know, chopping down trees, that's something that we can do. That's true. Um, you think about the great ships. You know, I recently was over in Finland where they have a massive, massive – um. Uh, production place where they build the biggest cruise ships In the world okay. you know, As human beings we've demonstrated over and over again That we can make boats mm. um, But we can't Cause floods <laughs> like, yeah. you know, in, in that proportion So, yes, yes. Recognizing that yep there's things that we can do And there's things that God alone Can do and having it very very clear In our minds
3: mm.
1: Okay so we see that in the story of Noah And of course Noah's works The things that he could do demonstrated his faith in God It was very simple I mean anybody could build a boat Anybody could choose to do that That was humanly capable Like humanly capable of doing it Using our
2: brains You know Using their brains And and following the the measurements You know That's something
1: they could do Yeah the ark So we have another person Who's very prominent in the Old Testament Which is uh, Abraham And he was Before he was called Abraham He was called Abram And Abram was called by God Now can we read Or learn anything from the story of Abraham in regards to the things that he can do, the choices he could make, and then what God would do in regards to the things that he couldn't do for himself? Mm,
2: Absolutely. If we look in Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1, it says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, Mm. to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation, I will bless you, and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed.
1: Okay, so there's some things that God's asking Abraham to do, mm-hmm. and there's some things that God says He would do for Abraham. That's right. So there's a, there's a distinction between these two things.
2: And the first thing, that, and it's it's a very very clear distinction. He says, basically, leave your homeland.
3: Mm.
1: And leave your family behind too, basically. Yeah, basically, which leave is the extended family. Yes. The
2: extended family. Leave your homeland, leave your extended family, leave the the place of your birth, and go to a place that I will show you. Mm. Now, if we take that, we just that alone is that something that Abram could do? Yes, yeah, absolutely. And I've asked people, you know, what, what would that consist of? Back in those days, it would probably consist of walking around your tent and start pulling out tent pegs. Yeah. Wrap, rolling up the canvas or, or whatever they used for their, their accommodation mm. Herding the sheep, getting, having a meeting with all the servants and saying, okay, guys, we're leaving Pack your gear That's what it would consist of Yeah, And it's something that Abraham could do
1: And that is in the human realm, fairly capable of doing that sort of thing Making the decision when we're going to do it, how we're going to do it But God's, God's put in the call, basically
2: God's put in the call mm. And then following this command, we have a promise And so this is what we have right throughout the Bible We have a command Followed by a promise Mm. Build an ark I'm going to I'm making a covenant with your family And and through you All the nations of the earth will be blessed I'm going to bring a flood And I'm going to save your family And that kind of stuff Mm. He calls Abraham Leave your homeland And then he makes a promise Straight after that
1: Yes I'll make you a great nation Interesting (laughs) Yeah
2: And we find out later on That he can't even have kids so, like, this is this is outside of the realm of his. In, him and his wife can't have children. Yes, but he says, um, "I'm going to bless you. In you, all the families of the earth are going to be blessed." Mm. Um, he makes this massive, big promise. Abraham can't do any of that. In fact, if you look at his life, every time he tries to do anything, he just he just stuffs up. Yes, he he lies about who his wife is. He says, "Oh, you know, she's my sister," and and withholding the truth, and then he. Yeah, it's just he isn't really a source of blessing Mm. Um, So God says, I will bless you I'm going to do a special work through your family to bless the world Yes Pack up your tent and walk And once we realize that distinction We'll start pulling out tent pegs a little faster You know, sometimes (laughs) we sit there and we're like Oh, you know, God's not doing anything But the thing is, we're not doing anything
3: Yeah, that's right
2: And the fact is, when we start pulling out tent pegs Mm. As 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 Abram leant down and pulled out that tent peg, what was that demonstrating you know, hugely? I believe God. Mm. I believe what he said, and I'm going to step out. I'm going to obey him. I trust him. That's why I obey him. That's right. Starts walking, and now he's in God's domain. Well, he keeps moving his feet. That's what he can do. Mm. He's now in God's domain, and God's going to use him to be a blessing to the world.
1: And it's interesting that both the story of Noah and the story of Abraham, there is an element of the unknown. Now, we know that Noah was given the blueprint. He was given measurements, where the window was to go, et cetera, et cetera, in how many rooms and so forth. So that he knew. But as far as a flood, he'd never seen a flood. He didn't even know what rain was. So there was an element of the unknown. Here with Abraham, God calls him out. He says, to a land that I will show you. He still had not seen the land at that time. So he had to step out by faith, not knowing where he was going, but trusting God. Mm. So we have that element, okay, you do this, Abraham, and I will do the rest. But if Abraham never moved, could those blessings that God had promised him, could they have come upon him? No. Would Noah have saved his household if he had never built the ark within the realm that he was capable of performing actions? Couldn't have happened. Wouldn't have happened. Hmm. So we also have some uh, stories in in the New Testament that sort of demonstrate that a little bit And we think of the story of Peter Peter and the uh, apostles, they're in the little boat, they're rowing And out in the distance there, they see uh, a silhouette of a person On the water, walking, and they think it's a ghost They're terrified They are scared to death Because they think they're seeing an apparition on the water and then God's, Jesus says to them, Fear not, it is I. And then we have Peter saying, Lord, if it's you, call me to walk on the water. So all of a sudden you say, Well, if it's Jesus, I have confidence. I know him. I know that he's able to do these supernatural things. Call me to walk on the water. Now, can Peter walk on water?
2: Look, Eddie, and I've tried to walk <laughs> yeah. on water. It's, you know, it's a bit shameful to admit it, but I remember when I was younger. Just running as fast as I possibly could towards the water, mm. seeing if I get a few steps on the water, and I didn't even get one. Right. you know, Just straight to the bottom, it's in, it's, it's in every way. It's physically impossible to walk on top of the water. Mm. And he calls out across the, the stormy sea, and he says, Lord, if it's you, mm. command me. There's that, that word again, command me to come to you on the water. And what we have is we're in um, Matthew chapter 14, In Matthew chapter 14, verse 20, it says, And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Verse 29. So Jesus said, come. Mm. One word. He said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus.
1: Wow. Okay, so we by nature cannot walk on the water. We don't have that ability. No, not at all. Peter had the ability to get out of the boat.
2: That's about it (laughs) Typically would say
1: get out of the boat and jump into the water But here now he is jumping on the water so to speak That's right And walking to Jesus So this is something supernatural Peter couldn't do it for himself But on the command of Jesus Jesus gave him the word come And based on the word he steps out on the water and walks to Jesus And this is where we're we're, we're finding the secret of this whole
2: we're looking at righteousness by faith. Mm. we're looking at becoming like jesus. we're we're looking at reflecting his character to the world. we're finding in here a real a real foundation as it were mm. that helps us to understand this whole thing about christianity. jesus says one word, come. it's if we evaluate it scientifically, what he's asking him to do is impossible. yes you know apart from swimming <laughs> but you know it's got the, the storm's so bad you're going to drown mm. there's no way he could walk on the water um it's just impossible but he trusts Jesus and he engages his leg muscles he engages his arm muscles to lift himself up and then with the strength that God has naturally endowed him with he steps out of the boat and now he's in the realm of God and his promises mm And now it's up to God to keep him on top of the water. Yes. He's done the hopping out, and God does the keeping up.
1: Right. Okay, I like that. And then
2: he now, God doesn't just drag him there. He has to engage his leg muscles again Mm. and start walking. But the bit that's keeping him above the water is not him. That's God. And so he's walking by faith. Mm. He's walking on top of the water, and he's never done it before. He's walking to Jesus. And the impossible has become possible because he has trusted that Jesus, when he says come, will make every provision to make it possible.
1: Yes, so his bidding was Peter's enabling, basically.
2: Absolutely. And we see this over and over again. The man by the pool of Bethesda, also in the book of John, he's laying there. He's been, how many years was it, 38 years? Just 38 years. He was laying there a cripple. Can't get up. Every time he tries to help himself, it just fails. And even the help of people around him is failing as well. Jesus one day comes into that pool and there's all these sick people all around the pool. And he walks up to the one who has the worst case mm. of suffering. And he walks up to this man and leans over him and says, would you like to be made whole? Mm. Would you like to be made well? And the the the, the smile of Jesus just was so encouraging and faith building That This guy realized that this is someone I can trust Mm. He looked up into the eyes of his creator He didn't realize that But he's looking into the eyes of his creator And then Jesus says uh, Well, the guy first said I've got no one to help me And he's really sad And
1: And he's he's genuinely I mean, this is not just one that's acting helpless He's genuinely helpless He he can't do anything He can't
2: get up Even if he tries to, he can't do it Mm. And then Jesus says to him I say to you, arise Take up your bed and walk now let's evaluate that which of those things is he able to do? Get up, arise we can't you, you can't do that mm. take up your bed, nope, no, can't do that either yeah. and walk
1: can't do that otherwise he would have, wouldn't have been at the pool
2: that's right <laughs> <laughs> he, he wasn't there by choice. it wasn't just a, a you know a leisurely visit by the pool. he mm. was stuck here, mm. and people had to drag him or carry him everywhere and so Jesus asked him to do something which is impossible. Now, if I was to walk up to someone who is a cripple and say, hey, run over there and kick that soccer ball back to me, it'd almost be seen as disrespectful. Yeah, or a mockery almost. A bit of a yeah. mockery. Yeah. But Jesus looks at him and says, get up. Mm. Pick up your bed and walk. These are things that he wants to do, but he just cannot do in his own strength. And he looks at Jesus, he just thinks, this guy means it. And something inside of him trusts Awakens and trusts the word of the he Christ trusts, He trusts what, what Jesus has just said mm. And he engages this thing That God has given to every single one of us In his, our will
0: He engages
2: mm. He chooses It's like when, when I choose to lift up my arm I have to make a decision And then it lifts Unfortunately for this man Whenever he tried to do that Nothing happened That's right <laughs> He chose to do it But nothing would happen Communication
1: between the muscles And the brain just wasn't there
2: It just wasn't there yeah. But he sets his will to obey And next thing, he finds himself on his feet. He picks up his bed and he finds himself walking for the first time.
1: Mm, In 38 years. In 38 years.
2: And so what we have here is a very similar analogy and a very similar story. Jesus calls Peter, come. And in stepping out in obedience to Jesus, it becomes possible. Mm. This man laying beside the pool, Jesus says, get up, take up your bed. Walk That's impossible But he sets his mind To obey Jesus Yes And God gives the power
1: Mm. I love that So there's some things That we can do for ourselves In obedience to faith Believing So Noah He could go and cut down Those trees He could shape them He could measure them He could get the right length He could plane them You know Put them together Fit this whole thing together This boat As the plan dictates He can put pitch on the inside Pitch on the outside All those things he had the ability to do. But in regards to all the other aspects of saving him through the flood and through the great storm, that's what God did.
2: That's God's business. Yeah.
1: So here with Peter, he sees Jesus walk on the water. Now he said, well, Jesus, you can perform miracles. I've seen you heal the sick. I've seen you do all kinds of wonderful things. And now I wonder if I can do the same. Now, he needs faith in this matter because there's no way that any person is humanly capable of actually walking on the water. That's right. Changing the molecular structure of the water or changing, I don't know how the dynamics work, I don't know what changed, but it was a miracle. And that we could do the impossible by faith is just absolutely incredible. And once we realize this, you know,
2: often we read what Jesus says, you know, if you just had the faith as the grain of mustard seed, Mm. mustard seed is a very little seed, it's the smallest little seed. Jesus was saying, you know, if you have faith, as the grain of mustard seed you could say to this mountain be moved and it will be cast into the midst of the sea wow nothing will be impossible for you mm. and so basically we it's a recipe for depression when we define god by our human frailties and all the impossibilities of life yes we put god in a box and we say god no no that's not possible i can't do that for example if we have a bad habit if we have a um, some addiction, something that's just tearing us down and it's been plaguing us our whole life, we hear someone saying, you know, it can be different. You know, God can give you victory. Mm. No, that's no, no, no. We try to keep God in a box. Yes. But God is saying, no, wait a second, wait a second. I can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ever ask or think. Mm. Um, you know, there's, there's nothing will be impossible to you. Only put your trust in me. Put your trust in me.
1: Wow, yeah, that, that is so true So we look, we look at the way Peter was able to do something That he was incapable of doing himself And it was all based on the command of Jesus He said, if as you, Jesus, call me to you So I could also walk on the water And then Jesus says, come So if we understand what faith is Faith comes by hearing the word of God When he heard the word of God just like that man at the pool of Bethesda When he heard the word, word of God through the words of Jesus Christ He responded to those words And he was able to do something that he couldn't do for himself And I just wanted to separate, distinguish here between presumption and faith Now if Peter saw Jesus and he recognized him go, Oh it's Jesus, I'll jump out of the boat and walk to him But there was no command to come That presumption, he would have ended up in the water, not on the water like
2: a like a wet rat,
1: drowned rat. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And the fact remains is, when he started doubting, he started getting fearful, When he started looking away from Jesus. He did end up sinking, but Jesus was right there straight away with his hand out to help him up out of the water, and then put him back in the boat.
2: Isn't that so interesting? When he took his eyes off off Jesus, mm. um, you know, he could have turned back and looked at his friends, feeling quite, you know, quite stoked that he's doing uh, doing something like walking on water. Yeah. And then after that, his feelings of pride quickly disappear because waves start crashing around him, um, and now he's experiencing fear. So what we have is three things, trust, mm. pride, and fear. Yes. And basically what Jesus makes very clear is that when we're wanting to live the Christian life, if, that, if that's based on motives of pride, trying to get attention from other people, we're just going to sink. <laughs> That's true if our, if our experience is built upon fear You know, I'm afraid not to be a Christian mm. We're going to sink The only way that we can walk on top of water Is by looking to Jesus And putting trust and confidence in Him Not in ourselves And that's where the source of our victory comes from
1: mm. Amen And you know, I think there's one thing in the scriptures That we read about fear It tells us that there is no fear in love And that perfect love casts out all fear So we are to be filled, and God wants us to be filled with His love, with Christ dwelling in us through the Holy Spirit, so that we can have that love of God in our hearts. And that love, according to the Bible, is the only way by which the law, that law of righteousness of God, the law of His kingdom, can be fulfilled. Love is the fulfilling of the law. So dear listener, thank you for joining us today here on Faith to Faith. We pray that God would bless you as we just share our contact details with you, and we look forward to catching up with you next time.
0: For joining us on Faith to Faith. If you would like more information about today's program or if you have any questions, please contact 3ABN Australia Radio by phoning 024973 3456 or you can send an email to radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. You can also contact us on our 3ABN Australia Radio Facebook page. We love to hear from you.